0: Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast.
1: Welcome everyone to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host James, and with me this week is our producer Tony. Hello. And our co-host Hector. Hello. Our main topic this week is Marvel, baby, and that's a fighting game reference for like the five of you who follow fighting games. We're going to be talking about Loki and Black Widow, but before that, we have all the geeky news that's fit to discuss. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Our patron-exclusive episode about the Final Fantasy Seven Remake is currently available to listen to there. And with all that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, it is time for the Prelude. Prelude. Alright, this is the prelude. This is what we have been doing with ourselves this week. What we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Hector, you were gone last week. I was. Because of work. Fucking but work. But you were back. I so am back. what did you do?
0: Let's see. What have I done of note? Um, uh, I finished Solar Opposites. Mm-hmm. That is a wonderful show and everyone should watch it. Um... It is on Hulu. It is on Hulu. Uh, it is by Justin Roiland. We've mentioned it several times on the show already, but I finally just went ahead and finished it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, took a break from YouTube and actually started watching a few shows, and that was one of them. And it's great, fantastic. Definitely watch that. What else have I been watching? The been...
2: continuation of the Wall storyline, and that is very fun. Mm-hmm. If you've watched the first season, you know the story about the people in the wall. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's such a and good that's story. A, that's the thing that I meant
2: to say. I finished season <laughs> one,
0: and season two is now like, m- you know, moving on. So I need to. I need to get back on that. Let's see. What else have I watched? I watched, uh, I've been watching, uh, Lego Masters because I love that show very much. Um... Holy...
1: Competition, Lego building. Mm-hmm. I did not expect it to be as entertaining as it is.
0: I know, but it's the, the entertaining part is just how incredibly creative these people are. Yeah. I can imagine me building like Lego things in my basement if I just loved Legos and had a bunch mm-hmm. and I wanted to build a city or like a, a cyberpunk thing or you know any kind of the thing. Yeah,
1: I, I've always had a love and appreciation for Legos, and I and I do appreciate mm-hmm. Minecraft. It's never a game that I personally got into. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was thinking back to my youth and I'm like, what did I do with Lego bricks whenever I would get them? I would like want to make giant castles. Yeah. Like that was my thing. That was my only thing was like, I just want to make giant castles. Yeah. And they made sets for those, and that's fine.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made giant mech robots to fight other giant mech robots, and they did yeah. not make sets for no, those. No, I had to make whole cities yeah. and engineer yeah. moving arms. I love But that's those. where you know, my LEGO yeah. creativity ended, was like... Well, no, I'm
0: I'm, I'm, I'm Charlie Day from LEGO Movie 2. Spaceship! Yeah. Everything was a spaceship. Yeah. Everything I ever built was a spaceship. Spaceship! <laughs> like, that, that was me. Um, but yeah, LEGO Masters is wonderful. I started watching a competition mini-golf show called Holy Moly that is one of the most entertaining competition shows i've ever seen Mm -hmm. i can give two shits about golf or mini golf but if you take a massive mini golf course and put water hazards that you yourself are very likely to fall into not just your ball in fact you are almost guaranteed to go into the water at some point in the night um it is a lot of fun because the people
2: oh yes there's a lot of night Oh, I like this! Like mini golf at night, mm-hmm. like that sounds awesome. Especially crazy water, fact, ha- water hazards, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. This is yeah. In just, fact, I don't. Can, think I, go, of, can I play this? Like, I don't in real think I've life. seen a. Yes, you can because you can get on the show.
0: I I don't feel like I've ever seen an episode filmed during the day. Now that I think about it. It's um Yeah, always at night. But the contestants are all over the place. It's like, hey, here's some lady from Florida who wanted to play. She's like 23. <laughs> here's a professional golfer she'll be playing against who just wanted to be on the show because they saw it. And Stephen Curry runs the show and they thought it would be fun. Um Yeah, it is goofy. The two announcers who MC the show who are calling the golf shots are some of the funniest people and work off of each other very, very well mm-hmm. to make the whole thing fun and funny. And it's weirdly very, very bingeable. You can watch episode yeah? after episode. And, like, of the different people playing the same We're going to watch that. and oh, Hulu. Hulu. Okay, cool. And it's still fun every single episode. Mm-hmm. There is nothing... Hulu is Kulu. It? Yes, it is. There is nothing <laughs> as fun as watching a, a, like, 65-year-old former pro golfer lady try and play Double Dutch Courage, get her get her ball under both windmills she has to pass under and nearly make a hole in one only to have to herself run under those windmill blades and get the fucking <laughs> shit knocked out of her so into good. a water hazard. That
1: sounds so good. It I is, want
2: to do this. this it is. Sounds so
0: much I'm fun. watching this tonight <laughs> and, um, while I have dinner. <laughs> you should. It is a wonderfully fun show. Um, the second season in its entirety and the currently airing third season are on Hulu. I don't know what happened to the first season or where it is but it's an ABC show so if right. you have the peacock it's probably on there. But um, cannot recommend it enough. It is amazingly fun. Okay. The only other thing I have is because we saw the sequel announced at E3, I started in earnestly trying to finish uh, Plague Tale Innocence, mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful game. Do do play that game if you get the chance. I think is it it's, on Game Pass? It's definitely on Game Pass because the sequel will be on Game Pass. Okay. Um, I happen to own it on Steam. Someone gifted it to me, but man, that is a... Beautiful and powerfully interesting game. It's affecting emotionally. Mm-hmm. And the, the the like French Renaissance period thing is way more interesting than I gave it credit for when I first started the game mm-hmm. uh two years ago. Okay. Uh but yeah, now that I'm playing through it in earnest, it is a lot of fun and very cool. And um yeah, rat physics. <laughs> rat, <laughs> rat, physics. rat physics, man. <laughs> All right. Tony, what physics. you
2: do this week? Um I watched Hitman's wife's Bodyguard. Okay. Oh, good. How was that? Um, I very much enjoy it. I like the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Samuel Jackson playing a hitman the most Samuel Jackson y way he can. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, his wife is Samuel- Salma Hayek. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, she has quite a few outfits that are made of latex. Nice. And that's the end of my review. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Okay. We'll
1: watch.
2: Yeah. Anything else you did you know this week? Yeah. <laughs> um, I recorded uh, some audio for uh, Destiny lore. Yeah. That's, um, nice. I, uh, that's, I've got the next part coming up on that tonight. I'm actually recording more of that. Awesome, nice. where can we um, find that? That's over on my YouTube channel, I have it in the links and cool. stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's that's, that's nice. been fun. it's a fun yeah. little creative I, I
0: listened to the first episode, enjoyed it very much. Talk about ear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I had no idea who that was and I got some like good lore entries And uh, it was funny because I remember you telling me that you were doing it without any kind of picture on screen because you wanted, excuse me, you wanted people to just be able to listen to it. And so when I saw the video, I threw it on in my living room, and I was like, oh, there's not going to be any picture for this. But I got the voice, and it was already nighttime, and it was dark in my, it was dark in the room I was watching it in, and it was only like three and a half, four minutes long, so it was like easy to digest. And like it started, and I'm like, oh, I guess I need, no, this is nice. Oh that's interesting. And like you keep and then it was over and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I didn't need the pictures." That was good. Yeah, I didn't yeah.
2: want to I, I didn't want to show gameplay of mm-hmm. anything cuz it's a story of a character fall like kind of falling to madness by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And um how we are all susceptible to falling from grace or kind of trying to figure out what what the other side of darkness is Mm -hmm. and it's the beginning of a much deeper story um, that is uh, Rezalzir becoming a Dredgen Yor Mm -hmm. and how Dredgen Yor goes on and kills a fuckload of everybody (laughs) um, because he was evil in air quotes Um, but yeah that's that was where I did Um, next one I'm doing uh, that's part of a larger story that's going to have to take many many readings and needs other people to act in because there's multiple (laughs) different parts cool Um, this thing's I'm working on next is going to be um Ava Levante's story. Um, it's uh, Ava's journey, and it's the uh, beginning of the Red War um, to her uh, escaping the tower, mm-hmm. and then finally at the, spoiler, at the very end, coming back to the tower. So she she lives. So. Okay, nice. I mean, obviously she's in the game right now, yeah. and it's been many years, mm-hmm. so but either way, that's one of my favorite lore entries because Ava Levante, Ava Levante is one of my favorite characters, Nice, and
1: that's the next one, if Uh, Over on my side of the world, what I did for the week, uh, I did a bunch of stuff. I watched a bunch of stuff. I caught up on a bunch of shows. Uh, I don't want to bore everybody with the details. I finished Kim's Convenience. That was hilarious, as always. I caught up on Atypical. That was great. I I started a new book, uh, Paperbacks from Hell. Um, The writer of Paperbacks from Hell wrote uh, the book that we are going to be talking about again on the show, which is the Final Girl Supporters Group. Um, which came out last week. Um, we have some fun news about that, so hint for later. Uh, but this this particular book uh, called Paperbacks from Hell, it's on Audible, it's free. Um, you don't have to pay a credit or anything for it, it's just a free book. And this particular writer sat down and read a whole bunch of what we call like uh, bin-quality horror books from mm. the 70s and early 80s. Okay, so like, like the more, stuff like the, pulp fiction. The crappiest stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, there's some real gems in here, y'all. Let me just tell you about them. And every book he covers, he covers in like two or three sentences. Okay. Um, It's all done very, very quick, rapid fire succession. He's like, hey, so remember the Satanic Panic? Let me tell you about like 20 books you've never heard of from this. And he goes by era. Mm -hmm. So he's like, at this time, this is when um, The Exorcist came out. Here are the other books that are basically like The Exorcist that came out during that time. Totally ripped off The Exorcist. Yeah, and and he's like, there's some real gems in here. Let me just tell you about them. And he makes jokes and quips the whole time. And he just like has fun with it because he's just like, nobody's going to read any of these books. So let me just tell you about them real quick and just enjoy that i've read There's all this, of that's these dead books. media that's something like we that. talked
2: about a while a uh, while ago how we have to keep our fandoms alive mm-hmm. through bo- uh, you know keeping books games yeah. whatever mm-hmm. um that's that same thing is those are dead media that's yeah. the same those thing are books a that lot are, of these games will become yeah or, uh, that like, like we those talked books about will never be printed again right yeah he's like
1: you'll never find these books anywhere because they're not going to be reprinted you'll find them in a used bookstore and that's it mm-hmm So it's been really fascinating. It's been a great read. Again, Paperbacks from Hell. It's on Audible. It's free. Pick it up and just have a good time with it. The last thing that I watched this week, which is I cannot believe I'm recommending this on this show. But last night I started a Netflix series called This is Pop. Mm. And it is a history of pop music. And that already I'm like, eh, why would I care about that? But then I started watching it. And like the first episode is about boys to men. And it's it's really fucking fascinating. Yeah, can't like, confirm. Just how the the group was established and the people that picked them up and what they did with it and just where they are now. And then like, um, there's a couple of uh, other episodes that I watched that were equally as fascinating. And then I got to the last episode that I watched last night, which was about Sweden's influence on pop music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I don't know. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And the, they start with ABBA and they're like, yeah, all man, right, so here's the deal. Go. Here's ABBA. And they came onto Eurovision. And before ABBA came to Eurovision, everybody in Eurovision wore suits and nice dresses. Mm-hmm. ABBA came out in glam rock. Since then, that is what people wear so to Eurovision. Easy. Yeah. And like, it starts there and it's like, all right, so now we're going to talk about some of your favorite artists. We're going to talk about the Backstreet Boys. We're going to talk about Britney Spears. Guess where their music came from? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, here it is. It's all from Sweden. This is where all the music comes from. And they just start listing the artists that all were produced in Sweden. And you're just sitting there watching and going, holy fucking
2: shit. Oh, that's weird. Like a country supports their arts. Yeah. Imagine but that that emotion they, musicians come from just, a country that actually has uh, but but arts they go programs. into the
1: culture of Sweden and they're just like why why does nobody talk mm-hmm. about this? And they have these you know really famous Swedish producers being like, "Yeah, so we have this like unwritten law in Sweden that you don't really gloat about stuff. People don't brag." Yeah. yeah. And it's, then so we no just mm-hmm. we just show up and we're just proud of the work that we do, which is why When a talent like the Backstreet Boys becomes famous, we get to take a self sense of pride in that, but we don't outwardly express it. And it's very fascinating and just, it's weird. It's weird. I'm a a person who doesn't listen to a lot of pop music, and I found myself at like midnight last night going, fuck, I have to go to bed, and there's another episode I wanna watch. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is Pop on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Do check it out, even if you're not into pop music. Uh, it's just so good. All right. That's everything that we have for the Prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we'll be going into the news and the Weekly Raid. Weekly Raid. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly radar news roundup for the week. We've got a lot to cover, so let's dive right in. So to piggyback on the news for last week that Netflix is getting into gaming, the first announcement that we've gotten since then is that Netflix's first platform for gaming will be mobile games. Now, these games under the Netflix service that you would, you know, have Netflix on your phone, they come at no additional cost to Netflix subscribers, and there will be no in game purchases or ads within the games.
0: Okay, so this is really interesting for mobile games because uh, there is a very small market for premium mobile games. And when you say premium mobile game, you mean a game that's just a game, not a game that is a slot machine mm. um they're they do exist and they're usually quite beautiful but uh, most people who don't play mobile games don't know about them
2: in netflix's experience with this they have been giving away essentially this already mm-hmm. they've been giving specifically um, for stranger things there have now been two games the third one should be coming out soon before the the next season mm. uh, and they are mobile games that they give away for free To just play an in-between story. Yeah. We talked about it during that episode. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was like, this is exactly up their alley. They already know how to handle
1: this. The thing that nobody's talking about with this is that there's a very serious repercussion to what's going on. Because there are two game stores that currently exist that are premium game stores. Mm -hmm. And that is the Apple Premium Store and the Google Premium Game Store. And these Mm -hmm. games are um they're an area within google play you have to specifically download this premium google app that you pay 10 bucks a month for same mm-hmm. with the apple one and it's the exact same thing they are games that are specifically no ads inside of them no microtransactions you can just download and play whatever mobile games you want netflix is going to try and compete in that space mm-hmm. and more people have netflix subscriptions
0: than have because, either than phone have, <laughs> right have apple phones <laughs> and then have yeah like this is huge it is huge and if, i mean i never use the netflix app on my phone but if that's where i go to play I do, video games you can games, download that's it's interesting
2: you can download episodes and I shows would, directly to your phone in case you're going on vacation I don't, and I, you want to finish that series i don't want to be I,
0: pretentious but i would never watch any any piece of media on my phone for any amount of time mm. longer than like 2 to 3 minutes i can't respect go to sleep, media
1: which they have Headspace for. Mine, it's on Netflix. Mine right. is mm. actually uh, for like uh, traveling, like actually traveling, like flying. Oh shit, they're going to put right. Headspace. If I had a tablet,
0: mm. yes. Mm.
2: On my phone screen, oh, no, sure. cannot. I cannot. Can all right, Dude, that's I am super excited for this because I just realized they already have a tie-in with Headspace. Headspace does mm. all the fucking meditation, relaxation, everything. Mm-hmm. And... Now they're just going to expand on that. In fact, I'm going to expect, I, this is my prediction, they're going to buy Headspace because mm-hmm. they're going to want to incorporate all of that media that they already exist mm-hmm. into their empire because they've already been coming up with their series and interactive things for it. Mm-hmm. That's where they're going. It's yeah. That's one of their first And
1: places. going mm-hmm. mobile is Great first, because that means that they're not trying to just bust into the AAA game space right yeah, away. Yeah, which would be They're going to have the time Amazon. to get the right talent, the right people. They're going to get the the actual funding in place to make a true AAA and it's title. going to be based on
2: properties mm. that they have control yeah. over Most not likely, someone yeah. else has control over they so would, we're gonna come up with some very interesting stories based on netflix
1: owned properties yeah and that could think about a tri- th- think about a AAA oh God, game title like a, like, on house, like, like yeah <laughs> haunting a hill house or like stranger things <laughs> mm-hmm. like a beautiful AAA title that had love and care and time and money put into it and not rushed because they're not right. they're not because this, they don't
0: have a release window because why would they yeah. they're not trying to hit a quarter that's yeah. what movies and tv shows are for
1: yeah all right. So in some, in what may force releases and TV show games to
2: come out at the exact same time. Right, but you don't have to do that with this. You, you don't just, because I mean,
1: yeah, I can see like if you wanted to do a tie in promo, like the mm-hmm. Stranger Things mobile game, but they have things like the Stranger Things mobile game they can do with that. They don't have to do a triple mm-hmm. A AAA title with all of this. Right.
2: But they also can make out a bunch of really shitty. I'm just thinking of the worst. Option, oh, yeah. There's is they can the pump worst out option. a
1: bunch of really oh, shitty
2: yeah,
0: tie in as we've make seen studios do time and time again. We hope that's not the case.
1: So, some may consider this the most important news of the week. I know that I do. Sucker Punch opened up about the upcoming Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, stating that in the new island area that they're going to have within the game, Mm -hmm. you can visit an animal sanctuary where you can do things like pet cats, pet deer, and monkeys. You can also give treats to monkeys, which I think with all these things combined might make Ghost of Tsushima... The director's cut, this year's Game of the Year.
0: Yeah, straight up. If you can pet all the animals, like, that's all anyone wants. Ask Twitch. Yeah, like, yeah, that's all you want to do. Yeah, if C- you can you pet, pet that animals. dog?
1: Because if you can't
0: pet the animal, did you get get your, your, your game can get the fuck out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this goes all the way back to The Last of Us, guys. If you couldn't pet that giraffe, we'd have a problem.
1: <laughs> all right, next up, the, the uh, comic and video game franchise Injustice Gods Among Us is finally getting the DC animated treatment. Uh, If you've never heard of it, Injustice is an alternate DC universe where Superman becomes a villain and all the other heroes team up to try and take him down. Now, the animated feature is going to be inspired by the first Injustice game. And by the way, uh, I've looked at the cast. The cast is stacked for this thing i'm just going to go through a couple of them yeah uh justin hartley is superman uh laura bailey as lois lane nice. um let's see here who else do we have on the on the roster Jeez. uh brandon michael hall as cyborg um mr uh, let's see here edwin hodge is mr terrific and killer croc um i mean this, this entire thing is uh i think jillian uh jillian jacobs is harley quinn nice uh reprising her role from her, her other animated stuff mm-hmm. uh, isn't Yeah, I can't remember. Is she the voice for DC's Harley Quinn? Uh, No. The the, the show? No, but she has done other video games. No,
2: that's Kelly Coco.
1: Okay, sorry. I I could not remember Mm -hmm. um, who that was. But yeah, this entire thing is stacked. We have the producer who worked on uh, Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion Revenge coming uh, to to work on this. Uh, We have one of the... uh, directors behind Justice League Dark, the yeah, animated feature. Uh, uh, nice. Is Mortal Kombat,
2: Scorpion's Revenge, or the more, more, the most recent Mortal Kombat movie. That m- movie was like the first half of it is just the mo- Scorpion's Revenge. Yeah. It's straight up that anime. It's fucking good.
1: Yeah, so they are pulling in like the firepower to do Injustice. Yep. And like, Tony, you're the biggest Injustice fan out of the three of us here. Like, does, are you excited about this? Because, oh like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's,
2: my, it's my favorite what-if story only in that because the Joker gave up trying to fight Batman and said, I'm going to go fight Superman.
1: And won, basically.
2: In the easiest way possible. Because he was like, wait a second. I know all of these guys' tricks. I know all of these guys' tricks. Why haven't I killed him yet? Mm-hmm. And the Joker destroys Superman's life, thus making the entire world hell. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Well played. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that, about, then... that. That's <laughs> an agent
0: of chaos. That Sometimes <laughs> he, you just... Uh, Hit the summation button. of
2: the plot, of, which is the very beginning, uh, Lois gets her heart ripped out by Superman because he, he thinks he's got uh, toxins. toxins from Joker.
1: No, not no, Joker scare- toxins. Scare- it's Scarecrow.
2: Scarecrow's uh, toxins mm-hmm. that he infected with kryptonite because everybody has yeah, access that, to that yeah, That's shit. how that has to work. And yeah, no, like he ripped out the heart of his pregnant wife and went crazy and decided I'm going to rule mankind because... Yeah, that's... That that's that's who Superman is. Lois is his anchor. Yeah, like yeah. Well, without Lois, there's well, why be good? Yeah, that that's kind of Superman right there. His mom right and there. dad at this point were already dead, and he'd had his last hope and and his future killed by himself. And mm. super, it's Superman's fall, and it's getting to watch this weird Elseworlds where everybody has to fight like to stop mm. Superman. And I think it's, I think it's just yeah. really fun because you get this whole thing with like magic and yeah, you get, yeah. You get to no. see everybody else shine because you don't have Superman there to fucking save the day.
0: Yeah. Sure. As, as far as American fighting games go, I think this is a big win because right now everything is guilty gear strive, yeah. which is a phenomenal work of art and game. Yep. Um, uh, like everything about it is just top notch. It's innovative. It has like the best net code literally on the planet. Mm. Um, so, world you know, combat
2: don't fuck around. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that's the thing. Like these, the, these, uh, the, the American games like Injustice, like they need to hit that mark if they want to compete in the fighting game space. Mm-hmm. And the Injustice games are the ones that do it, them and the yeah. Mortal Kombat's of the world. So because both insomnia, be, being it's, that they're so close, <laughs> right like realm. in development. No, sorry, another room, not insomnia. Right, mm-hmm. being that they're so close in development, like yeah, if this is their iteration and it comes after Strive, like they know what the bar is to hit. And knowing this team, I feel like they're really going to try and hit it. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah, but the idea of that the, they're going to be doing this Injustice series, and we've already gotten the kind of like the way the Injustice games work is that there's a main entry title, so we have Injustice one and two, mm-hmm. and then there's comics that are written between the games. Yeah,
2: the. the Initial instant that I described of Joker convince, er, mm, yeah, and all that is the the inciting incident. The game takes place four years later. Right. Yeah. You are fighting all you're doing the fighting game, netcode everything mm-hmm. four years later, but all that middle is only told through the comic books. Yeah. And those comic books in particular were released weekly where they were done by in different Writers and different artists telling a overall story that was done by the Injustice team to get the plot lines to all go to the game. Mm -hmm. Um, And then each subsequent game is four years later and then telling that gap within the the yeah. game the and which is kind of putting your game development on a timetable you you're like no you're making another one in 4 years but those are like yeah we got this we know how to make these games we can mm-hmm. pump, yeah. we can do this in 4 years mm-hmm. and i don't believe anybody's been accused of overly bad things there, so nope. I hope uh, yeah. also
1: there's never been a cry for like bad monetization for injustice. There's never, nope, it, true. It's just it's mm-hmm. been Nether keeps mm-hmm. their shit tight, good, and I respect it's that. Why it's one of the reasons why I like more, the Mortal Kombat games and the Injustice games. Mm-hmm. Those fighting
2: games, even when they sway off into uh, RPG tel- territory, mm-hmm. they still have fun telling some really cool. Yeah, stories. Yeah.
0: yeah, you can tell that the, the game is based on the people's love of the comics to make the to, to put the enjoyment there. They know that they can't just slap a coat of paint on a model and call it the Joker and be like, "Look, you're using the Joker." Like they put a lot of personality yeah. into all of their characters.
2: The, I'm really excited for getting more people getting to see this. Mm-hmm. So
1: also, yeah, DC yeah. just <laughs> kills it in the animated series. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah just I, I, that's one of the other things yeah. I watched
2: was uh, Justice League dark apocalypse war, mm-hmm. which I had to kind of pause in between because it wants you to do that because if you say it all at once, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah.
0: No, uh, <laughs> I, I watched that uh, for a second time with a friend recently and the whole, you know, you get to the end and you're like, <sighs> yeah, that was a dark. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot.
2: And also like, I, it's one of the problems. I love DC's animation, but there are some scenes that are just shoving exposition in your fucking face mm-hmm. and it's, it's, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I I like what they have done with basically everything. Marvel has taken a long time to get their animation anywhere which is why you haven't even seen it it's all yeah. been relegated to like disney plus yeah. back catalog. right like
1: we've had like the, the modok series which we yep. all kind of fell off of yeah um and now upcoming is what if and this is going to be the oh, big yeah. marvel looking forward to enemies. what if i
0: haven't even i haven't watched a trailer because i'd rather just be surprised just, by the story just feature yes, as I get it yeah
2: i have an idea for disney um grab sony animation studios and have them do some of your animations <laughs> would for be nice. Because because I think they fucking they're, killed it with everything else they're doing. I think they're very busy working on into <laughs> Spider the Spider Verse. Oh wait, doesn't Disney have other animation studios they own? Oh, I forgot. Oh, like, they might have a few. Disney owns Disney, right? Yeah, yeah, but um, but I want them to go to Sony instead because they're better.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, the the problem is DC made all of their animation very adult oriented, and Disney does not do adult oriented mm. cartoons. Yeah, they That's they do the don't.
2: detriment of Justice League Dark. Most of that, I was just like, this is just being gratuitous for the sake of being gratuitous, guys. Come Mm. on. Yeah, they wanted it to be like,
0: they do the same thing with Constantine. It's like, hey, if there's supposed to be a dick there, draw the dick.
1: Well, importantly, Constantine should fuck King Shark. It is is canon. It is canon. It has happened.
2: My second favorite King Shark is now Justice League Apocalypse, or sorry, Justice League Dark Apocalypse Wars King Shark. Mm -hmm. Because. Up in, uh, spoiler, because no one's going to watch it. Um, up until the very end, the only thing he ever says is, King Shark is a shark. Mm-hmm. King, shark is, King a shark. shark is a shark. King Shark is a shark. King Shark. Every time he said that, it was just like, yes, King Shark mm-hmm. is a shark. <laughs> Fucking the I Am Groot, it was beautiful. Yep. And then he's like, wait, you can talk all along? It was great. It was a wonderful
1: <laughs> moment in the show. All right, let's get a little controversial here. Okay. So Anthony Bourdain's documentary, Roadrunner, is out now. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to it, see it. It is causing a little bit of a stir. Mm-hmm. So inside the documentary, there are three quotes from Anthony Bourdain that were never actually recorded. So things that he said Mm -hmm. or wrote down but never actually said Ah, into a microphone. Out loud into Mm -hmm. a microphone. Right. So they use an AI program and hours of Bourdain's actual recordings to recreate his voice. Ah, deep faked him. So, some people think that this is a logical step in technology, and there's a lot of people out there who think this is just not cool at all.
0: Yeah, the, the ethical implications of being able to do something like this, especially posthumously, is rather frightening. There's a movie about this. Um, it, it really is. Um, when it comes to putting words in the mouths of those who have uh, passed away, it, it, it's rough. Then again, we didn't... It was a quote from him that they just didn't have him saying out loud, which I can see both sides of this argument. Because if you have a really good quote and you're trying to make a point in a documentary about Bourdain, you kind of really need that thing. Then again, the man's voice has like hundreds and hundreds of hours on record, going all the way from, uh, all the way from, uh, you know, the traveling, uh, chef, all the way through like parts unknown Mm -hmm. and no reservations, um, You know, from the Food Network to the Travel Channel to CNN, he has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of recorded voiceover for countries he visited, for topics he talked about. You could have found another quote. Then again, from what I know about the documentary, I don't think it was done with any malice. I think people are just. The
1: the people who uh, made the documentary are the people mm -hmm. who did the Mr. Rogers documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, welcome to my neighborhood. Uh, uh, won't you be my neighbor? Or won't you be my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they didn't go into it with malice. They, they genuinely yeah. felt like we want to hear Bourdain say these things and we have the technology. Mm-hmm. So, And we have the quotes. They're written down. Like yep. the, the, It's there. Yeah, he, he also wrote several he, books. Yeah, it, we have the quotes. We book. just want to hear him say those words because that's what f- is fitting for the documentary. Mm-hmm. And this is the only way we know how. And this is one of those weird tech things. and we are all people who work in the tech sector mm-hmm. and we is not only work in the tech se- sector, but we are all lovers of sci-fi. Yes. And when it comes to things like this, there's always the moral question like, should we be doing this? Right. It, it, is,
0: it is a little dystopian. It, it really is. Um, but it, mean, already answered but, but, this is years it, but is, and is years it any new technology
1: Superman. that in, in Superman's two, is not real,
2: science? Tony. But we took the actor who was dead and then took his face and made him say things with his voice. I think it was Orson Welles who he'd never said who was yeah. Christopher Reeve. No. Yeah. Christopher Reeve. That Uh Superman. Uh He, his father Jor-El was acted by, I believe Orson Welles. If my brain brain can remember that right now, Uh we, when we made, Later, Superman movies have had that actor say words that he had never said, right. and his face appear, and we're okay with it he as is. long as it's within the acceptable nature of that person. Mm-hmm. There is a
0: no, no, feature you're not wrong. Based... Another more modern example is Grand Moff Tarkin um, mm-hmm. from sure. yeah, uh, good uh, Rogue One. Thank you, Rogue One. Um, yeah, same thing, basically, for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. and that wasn't really done for any other reason
2: than to make money and i believe they asked the family which is good i don't disney already said they weren't going to do princess leia more than once and then they did it again so
0: right i mean there's again it's more of a oh my god should we be doing this than can we or are we because we are we absolutely are everyone's fear is having anthony bourdain or carrie fisher or um, the amazing actor who played Grandma Tarkin, whose name I'm forgetting right now, selling us shoes at the corner store in a hologram. Right. That's th- that that's that that's our worry. So I get. movie was based on. I get why people are uh, weirded out by this. Yeah. I really do, and I think there ought to be some not laws per se, maybe laws, but more of a etiquette to how we do this. There really does have to be. No, you actually have to put
2: something on your contract for what happens at posthumously for your image. Yes, because without having them contact your family, if you have one, not everybody does
0: have close family when they pass away, uh, you need to know that nobody owns your likeness and cannot use it without your permission. That's the important thing. Because if Disney bought the likeness of Carrie Fisher and started plastering it all over everything, that'd be a Fucking look, yeah, because you shouldn't know, be This,
1: able to this topic is very complicated, and I think that maybe something that we should revisit at some point mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's practically metaphysics. That
1: being point. said, uh, Hector, if you watch this documentary without me, I will shank you. Uh, well, we'll just go to the movies, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just go, go, to the fucking movies go, go. Yeah, all right. So, outside of Bourdain. Mm-hmm. If you are waiting for some more John Wick 4 news, sadly, this isn't your day. However, we do have an update on the upcoming Continental spinoff series. Mm, As of this week, we know that not only will this be a prequel about the character Winston in 1970s New York, uh, but this series will have three, quote, episodes. And I'm using big quotes around episodes, with each episode being the length of a feature film.
2: Yeah, so we're kind of used to this. Is the it's, a, it's on par? We're telling long form storytelling. Limited series. It's yeah, a limited, limited series. Long form. Yeah, they're just yeah, saying like so. Basically,
1: we're going to give you three more John Wick mini-series. movies, but right. we're just going to call them episodes and release them weekly.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you can think of Loki as uh, with the way we watched it. Some people just waited six weeks and binge the whole thing, and I absolutely respect that. Um, I heard. I think that- a better example actually mm-hmm.
1: is Fear Street, something that we oh. all watched and haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. That was. 3 weeks, 3 Fridays, mm-hmm. 3 motion pictures and they are all direct sequels to one another. Yes,
0: they're practically one story.
1: Yeah. They bookend themselves with like here's Fear Street 94 and we're yeah, no, end that's, with that's Fear a Street trilogy 94. of books.
2: Like if I had like that on a shelf, it would be like, well, that's that that's yeah. the Fear Street from this and then next you'll we'll get the Fear Street from this." Mm-hmm. No, we're telling it's just short form storytelling or long form depending on how you want to do the stories where the days of 24 episodes are gone. And thank fuck. God, like we as a society have moved mm-hmm. past this. The, the we have there's 24 hours in a day. People work those 24 hours. Mm-hmm. The idea of this 9 to 5 existence right. is gone and it has to be dead. And maybe we should start we uh, putting yeah. our laws into showing, like, hey, get rid of this fucking nine-to-five bullshit because it doesn't exist. Humanity exists on a 24-hour existence basis because I can connect to anyone in the world 24 hours a day. That is I'm true. I'm losing a bit of my tangent here on this. No,
0: yeah, you get your society <laughs>
2: rent. It's good, though, I agree.
1: But yeah, I mean, I, it's something I've always loved about like the BBC series for years is that there's so many things that I can watch, and those are shows that are very well self-contained. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am a person who has watched Downton Abbey, and I liked it. I'm going to go on record. I, I it's enjoyable, it. and um, I but find it's, asleep, it's a short and series. I'm I find it fancy. Yeah, yeah, it's fancy, and it's mm-hmm. a short series. I'm uh, one of my favorite BBC series growing up. Actually, was or it wasn't BBC? I can't remember. It was Dave. Uh, is Red Dwarf? Okay. And Red Dwarf, there's like. 20 seasons of Red Dwarf. It oh. was BBC. But, it's now on Dave. Yeah. Uh, but it's also like six episode seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Red Dwarf is like easy to consume because it's like thirty minute episodes. And yeah, yeah.
2: Like, don't, don't go down that Red Dwarf train because then you end up years later and there. Uh, well, another good example of good. of this sort of thing is uh, Letterkenny right?
0: Yeah. The seasons come out. There are six to eight episodes. Mm-hmm. You can binge them in maybe two and a half hours at the very most. And there are like ten seasons. So people who you try and introduce to the show are like ten seasons, and you're like, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> <Yeah. an afternoon. laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna get through the first season the first night you start the show. And I don't mean like you're in for a long haul. I mean you're just gonna watch it and be like, "Is that it?" That was the first. We're done now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I love the flexibility. Don't overstay their
2: welcome. I like Mm -hmm. that we can tell stories that don't overstay their welcome now, because we exist in the 24-hour society. We have to be able to consume things on a more individual basis, and we don't all have the time for that. Next Thursday, right. get on the hype train so, so, for this thing. Right, where it's so, more of a, like I need to be able to congest a a concise story mm-hmm. within a small period of time, and I can live my life yes. and go on. I get this. I, I get this society angle, and you're not wrong. I would interject
0: that the main reason for this change is cord cutting. Mm. What we have is live services that we can turn on and off literally any time, so we don't need to fill an hour of time for the next 24 weeks so that we so that we can sell people tied commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, instead we can like have a story that we like Tell it the way we want to tell it And release it on Netflix And we already made our money Now it's mm-hmm. up to Netflix to put it at the top of everyone's list it's true. Um, but, but the algorithm but, yes, it. but we are getting, you're right We are getting mm-hmm. stories that fit much more neatly Into the lives we live now Versus mm-hmm. the lives
1: we used to live And we find ourselves craving those <laughs> stories more Think about how long the season of the Mandalorian is. Oh, yeah. and we get to the end of that season, we're like, "No, now please." Yeah, and they're like, "Sorry, see ear. Okay. Yeah,
2: like, and that like, turns into that's... the some subjects are worth the elevation of waiting for things. Sure. For and that's sure. on an individual level. Some people don't wait uh, and they cram all the Mandalorian into the yeah. side of their screen while they're doing their work. Right. Like, Oh, yeah. Baby Yoda shows on. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to do this. We have a different reverence for it than other people do because right. that's the way we watched it. Mm-hmm. I, and not everybody's going to have that. The way you consume media has completely changed and people's attention spans have completely changed. Mm-hmm. Netflix is learning to adapt with that. Yeah to the betterments, I guess. I mean, we're oh, yes. all, we're all YouTube now. You said you paused YouTube. Yes. To, to watch, to, to watch
0: TV Netflix, and to watch and, TV. Yes. Uh, yes. And you're exactly right. Cause I mostly digest YouTube very easily
1: mm-hmm. these days. You know, yeah. We're all coming out. We, we were coming watching, out of a pandemic and yeah, we were the, coming most, out of one. Most TV we're was not stressful. Saying that, you know, like
2: you're watching YouTube to watch like silly music videos or something or like guy getting hit in the dick. You're watching right. generally educational information mm-hmm. or series that are available on YouTube. Um, people that do essays a lot of the time because mm-hmm. i know we both watch a lot of those oh, yes and that's primarily where you're getting your intake not the storytelling that netflix is trying to produce or amazon or these other locations yeah. and that i find that very just interesting from a perspective because i i'm very similar in how i watch a lot of my things you you watch yours a little bit differently on the type of uh things that you watch at um during your free time mm-hmm. I, I think that they have all the, the data for this. Yeah. How, mm. how people actually consume their media. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I know that they have people with way better math numbers than my brain could ever consume <laughs> uh, to relegate this into a file to go, this is the way we actually should start pushing out these yeah. stories. And it's scary, but also good. Yeah, <sighs> it's very,
1: very true. Agreed speaking of scary users on reddit and twitter began reporting this week that some people who have high-end graphics cards like the rtx 3090 were having their hardware bricked or rendered unusable while playing Amazon's MMO that's currently in beta called New World. Mm-hmm. Amazon is setting frame rate caps to prevent this, but many people have already had their video cards die, costing them upwards of $2,000. Oh yeah, easily. Cool. I
0: mean, if they paid retail, they may have paid much more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: this was all due to like a single <laughs> menu. in there's this company is not liable for what happened to these people's hardware.
2: Nope, not at all, which yeah. is a shame. In the hardware, it doesn't have the greatest Cooling because the memory chips are double stacked and that doesn't have a heating exchange element on top of it.
0: Let's not, not, I'm going to stop you right there. Let's not blame the hardware for this. That that hardware is set up to run the mm -hmm. biggest and best and most badass games ever. This was
2: a software problem. Yes. I was showing that the hardware in this state that it exists within, this double stacked environment, is not the smartest engineered because. Once you get into the software and you go, cool, um, uncap this, the heat exchange of those two memory units right next to each other, boil them alive because one has a heat exchange and the other has nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. So the top ones just fucking die. I can see a, a lawsuit coming up because I of mean, this. I'd sue
0: them. I mean, right. like, if I opened a menu in a video game and it cost me about, you know, yep, $2,000, I'd be like, yo, um... No, no, this this is not okay. Let me get some of that Bezos money. Yeah, someone so, someone owes me a
2: motherfucking video card, and it's not going to be easy to replace. Mm-hmm. Straight up. I am on the uh, fuck Amazon side of this, mm-hmm. so, but everybody who has one of those cards is already a rich asshole, so... So I'm not happy that they're going to get end up with more money than what they started with. Yeah, they, they, I they not know. Some people are so this this unhappy. Well, No one's going to get anything. Amazon doesn't give people you know, money bunch for anything. A
0: are going to get a bunch of fucking money. Uh, maybe if they actually can sue. They might just not be able to. The mm-hmm. legality of this isn't like I'm aggrieved. Someone needs to dig into some laws and go is this liable? And they'll probably yeah. find out the answer is no. There's probably a big EULA before you even start that
2: thing yes. that says we're not liable for dick. Fuck off. Yeah, your hardware and our yeah either way Mm -hmm. bunch of rich people had their video cards killed haha fuck you Mm. all right
1: Uh, (laughs) Grady Hendrix's (laughs) newly released book The Final Girl Support Group uh, about a slasher survivor who finds a therapy group with other girls um, has been picked up for a series adaptation by HBO Max now mind you this book came out Last week, we talked about it last week. Oh, we talked about the fact the audiobook came out and you had the original final girl from Friday the 13th reading the audiobook on Audible. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it is now immediately been picked up by HBO. We have, um, Andy and uh, Barbara Muscelli who worked on Mama and both Ooh. it, uh, both it movies. Oh, okay, coming in to work on this. And Andy's actually going to be directing the pilot episode. Cool, like it, like. That fast of a turnaround, yeah. Like the, I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to. I bet you most um, most studios, especially the streaming services, are absolutely devouring all the IP they can get. If mm. they think something will be popular, they will snatch it up. Yep. So
2: I mean, yeah, this so the is cool. The fact that they can this, get something that Shutter didn't grab is kind that of is amazing. impressive. Because
1: mm-hmm. Shutter is getting all. I kind yeah. of feel like Shutter had their Nord. fingers, and in
2: then in the first, and then like HBO was like, "Yeah, we'll just fucking double it." Well, yeah. that's the
1: thing.
0: Like,
2: like Shutter can go after stuff, and they. It
0: seems like they have a lot of smarts about what they can go after mm-hmm. and get away with grabbing. And sometimes, yeah, if someone else gets whiff of it first, they'll be like. Oh yeah, we can pay more than yeah. that.
2: We don't know what happened within the mm-hmm. how the goings-on of this contract happened. I'm just happy that this is coming out as a additional series on HBO Max. There's been some great stuff
1: coming out on there. A
2: little bit too much for their menu to let you compare understand what the fuck they even have they're in their kind of catalog. just chunking
1: content at you at this yeah, point. no mm-hmm. oh my
2: god i tried going to like the tmc thing and i'm like i know you have more content than this but you're giving me like seven things like it's just it's too disjointed mm-hmm. um but i do love it when they release new series you just kind of have to be on hbo every other day at least once a week just to see what the fuck they have otherwise yeah. it's gone yep and that's kind of detrimental to them right yeah. now. All right, let's not get
1: <laughs> sassy about this next one cuz I I have some I actually have some opinions about this. All right. Also this week Lionsgate has acquired the worldwide rights to Clerks 3 and filming is set to begin on August 2nd, which is Kevin Smith's birthday. Hmm.
2: Now, well, all that feels kind of right. Lionsgate's been around since his career began. I even though he started with Miramax, mm-hmm. that's so, obviously gone for reasons.
1: <laughs> I, I think for the first time I'm gonna try and guide the conversation a little bit because Go I for. know that, that people across the entire table can have very strong opinions about Kevin Smith as a director, writer, etc. I'm fascinated by this, not because mm-hmm. I'm excited about the prospect of having another Clerks movie, mm-hmm. um, but what it means to watch it. And so mm-hmm. let me try to explain this. Um, Clerks is the barometer at any given point. For where Kevin Smith is as an artist, mm-hmm. as a writer, as a director, right? We've had two so far mm-hmm. that have taken place in very different portions of his life. And we get to see the original Clerks and it was very gritty and it was indie and it was just, you know, him being raw.
0: Yeah. Made for like $11,000. Clerks
1: 2 was, all right, was bottle episode. I've got all the money. I can do all the things. I can pay all the actors to come back. And it didn't really hit as well. Mm-hmm. Um It
2: tried to be an expanded bottle episode. It it tried to, and it it didn't work.
1: Now we have this kind of ten years, ten years later, clerks that he's going to be working on. He's going to have the budget. He's going to have the people, Mm -hmm. but he's also had to learn a lot because he's been doing. He's been doing a lot of playing inside of other people's worlds. Oh yeah. yeah, right. Kevin Smith, in my opinion, is at his best when he is restricted. By what it's one of the reasons I'm actually excited about this He Man that's coming out this week. Oh yeah. Because he is doing it within somebody else's universe. He has restrictions. Yeah, boundaries.
2: no, look at his fucking even though it's well dated and probably shouldn't read it. His Daredevil run yeah. is, mm-hmm. gr- is still still very good. it's still it's very good. So considered very good It's, no, it's still
1: considered one of the best Daredevil runs of all time. Yeah. And, that's, and you look at that. You look at his work on Supergirl. You would never know that Kevin Smith worked on Supergirl. Flash, Flash
2: all the WV stuff that he's worked on. Unless
1: you saw his name on it. Because yep. kind
2: of, you're playing within a, you have to work within a stylized universe mm-hmm. because you don't want to be too disjointed. Go back and watch the uh, episode of ER directed from, oh shit, Kill Bill. Um, oh, Tarantino? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. He directed an episode of ER. Can you tell the difference? Not. No, because he was wanting to direct an episode of ER, which right. means you're working within a universe mm-hmm. that you have to tell a stylized yeah. system. You're not going to start drawing abstract symbols in the middle of somebody's comic book because you're the artist that said "fuck you" to the middle of this yeah. run. Mm-hmm.
1: He's so I follow. So my genuine curiosity about Clerks Three isn't like I'm hyped for Clerks Three. I want to go into it and w- and I will watch it and it will be more me evaluating where he has come as an artist mm-hmm. because I loved the original clerks. You can I just did see watch
2: Jay and Silent Bob's uh, oh. remake. Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, you yeah. could. And Chronic, I just yeah. feel no, like it's the mo- his most recent film is literally the definition of him going through his film career and explaining why he's done everything that he's done. It right. is a break, his own self-aware breakdown. Mm. And, that's where he is as a creator. If you want anything I mean, more than what he gave I mean, him the, in that film, you are not gonna expect. You're not gonna get much. That, he has to kind of. That
0: movie is several <laughs> several years old at this point. Um, here's my thing about Kevin Smith. One okay.
2: <laughs> that came out like two, 2020.
0: Whatever. Um, <laughs> Kevin Smith. Um, is a phenomenal storyteller. There is a reason that he between movies went on tour as if he was doing comedy shows and instead got on stage and told like a two and a half hour story mm-hmm. and with a wrapped audience and hanging on every word, enjoying the way he told it because he knows how to spin a fucking yarn. Clerks was a very interesting and well-told story. If you take away the film part of it and just focus on the story being told mm-hmm. same for clerks too. Um, a lot of his movies became a little too self-referential. Um, I can say the same thing about Clerks 2. Um, yeah, and the humor has aged very fucking poorly because it was a lot of dick and fart jokes and everything was gay in the way that we used to use it. And yeah, yeah. That, that stuff aged like milk. Um, that being said, he does—he still knows how to tell a good story, as evidenced by— um, his work in the
2: CW superhero shows and on Daredevil and with a bunch of other stuff. His side tale stuff from the Clerks universe, where he actually told you the additional details going between Clerks and mall rats within the comic book storytelling, which is canon. That's what happened, mm-hmm. is wonderful. It's great storytelling. The art's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it continues down that line. But that was, again, showing who he was at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that necessarily mm-hmm. I interjected. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're fine. So the um yeah, I'm interested to see the kind of stories he can tell yeah. now. I'm Absolutely. still very very um enthused for more people to watch Red State. Was that what it was I called? Love yes, that Red was State. one of them. Red, Red State, State, was State good. And- yes
2: not Horns. Horns is the movie I like. Oh, you're thinking book of I the like, Walrus one.
0: Tusk. 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 Tusk, yeah. Tusk yeah. is so, the... So Tusk was weird as shit. Red State was very well made and I liked it
2: very much. I <laughs> like Kevin Smith's explanation for Tusks. Mm. He kept writing himself into corners and that was his explanation of where the next scene came from. Mm-hmm. That was, And that's how his mind works. If you want to see how his mind works, he literally wrote himself into a corner in every scene and said, how do I... Oh, now there's Tusks. And yeah. that's... It's an interesting idea for storytelling, um, but.
1: All right, we have a couple more things very, that we do need to touch on, and indie. one of them is kind of a big thing. Uh, so, real quick. Uh, if you're missing the Sabrina Netflix series after its cancellation, you happen to be in luck. Archie Comics is bringing the series back in comic form. Nice. Its creator, uh, Roberto Sacasa, will be working on the Netflix sequel series in comic form on top of the sequel to The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic. Could we please which, have that? Which has been due no. for issues for a very long time. Why not just make the one thing? Like stop. not No, no. So, let,
0: let artists do what they're going to do.
1: That is two times the Sabrina that's going to be coming out. By the way, both of those come out in October. Nice. Also,
2: whenever he gets overwhelmed, he turns shit fucking sideways. Like, I'm worried this is too much on his plate for telling a a a cohesive story on either platform for a continuing universe on on either side. Knowing him, he's going to merge the two. Yeah. I I would rather prefer. That's why I said, I was like, no, he's gonna tell fucking one. He's gonna do like a 12 issue run of
1: both and then be like, all right, now we merge. When you get to
2: the end of the Sabrina TV show and there's weird, not Sabrina that grew out of a thing that is now the leader of hell, but there's also the other Sabrina that's on. It becomes too disjointed. No, fucking unify that shit because. You don't want to have a Marvel DC issue where people are going to get annoyed by having too many different things. No, unify your Sabrina universes into one beautiful, amazing, dark,
1: teeny-bobber experience. this is the dude who was just like, fuck it, Cthulhu. So, I mean, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. All right, finally in news this week. And um, before we get started in this, I just want to put a little bit of a warning. Uh, We will be briefly discussing things like harassment, sexual harassment, and suicide. That being said... gaming giant activision blizzard is being sued by the california department of fair employment and housing for quote fostering a frat boy culture in which female employees are subjected to constant sexual harassment unequal pay and retaliation now i'm going to go ahead and quote the bloomberg law article here so that we can get a little more context and i want to make sure that the and the phrasing and all this is correct Mm -hmm. a two-year investigation by the state agency found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms of conditions of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. Company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. According to the complaint filed Tuesday in the Los Angeles Supreme Court, female employees make up around 20% of the Activision workforce and are subjected to a, quote, pervasive frat boy workplace culture, including cube crawls, in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. The agency alleges male employees play video games during the workday while delegating responsibilities to the female employees, engage in sexual banter, and joke openly about rape, among other things. Female employees allege being held back from promotions because of the possibility that they might become pregnant, being criticized for leaving to pick their children up from daycare, and being kicked out of lactation rooms so their male colleagues could use the room for meetings. Female employees working for the World of Warcraft team noted that the male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in demeaning behavior. The suit also points to a female Activision employee who took her own life when on a company trip with her male supervisor. The employee had been subjected to intense sexual harassment prior to her death, including having nude photos passed around at a company, Halloween, or, sorry, a company holiday party, according to the complaint. This two-year-long investigation was responded to by Blizzard, who said, The DFEH includes distorted and, in many cases, false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH through their investigation, including providing them them with extensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us on what issues they perceived. The picture that the DFEH paints is not of the Blizzard workplace of today, the company said. Early reports are saying that the primary part of the company that has seen this uh, kind of action is the World of Warcraft team and the Call of Duty teams. Mm-hmm. So, take a minute, right? Here we are. So,
0: yeah, about the um, the Supreme Court Justice John Kavanaugh of it all, the, the the frat boy thing that that's not that's not being a frat boy, that's being an abusive misogynist horrible piece of shit, and in some cases, a a maybe want-to-be rapist, uh, if we're going to call something like that. Look, um, burn the company to the ground, as far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, Absolutely not with any of this, and... Mm -hmm. They have no one but themselves to blame when this does happen. And then denying the allegations while saying you cooperated with the people who are allegating is doublespeak. It makes no sense. Why would we cooperate fully with them and then they lied on us? That's right. not how any of that works. So, yeah. The, um, holy crap. If you are a woman and you are a talented video game designer, work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve you. They don't deserve anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, i I'll, I'll have I'll have more to say in a minute but I'll let someone else talk i'm I'm actually I had not read the extent of that and I'm, yeah
1: it's 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 definitely a lot to take in. Um, I'm gonna tell you a story before I got get into my thoughts here um, and I, I've maybe told the story before uh, when I was in high school, the only thing that I really wanted to do with my life getting out of high school is I wanted to work in video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to just find a way to work in video games in some capacity maybe start my way in QA. Um, so what I did was when I was in high school, is I went to the the library as mm-hmm. one does, and I started using web crawler to look for what jobs look like in the video game space. Um, I would sit there and just look through pages and, and make notes. And I would uh, I had a notebook, a notebook that I still have to this day, mm-hmm. where I printed out all the requirements to work within the video game industry. Mm-hmm. I put them in order of the companies that I want to work for. Yeah. The first page in that book, which I can bring out of storage and show everybody, is Blizzard. Mm-hmm. They had just made Diablo 2. They made StarCraft. Um, they made WarCraft. This was a company that I had heard nothing but amazing things about. Right. And when I heard that Activision was buying Blizzard, I got nervous. I got scared. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, there's something going on here that yeah. I'm not, that we, I'm not all, we all We all were,
0: if I remember. yes. Yeah, fuck.
1: And so I find myself, God, almost gagging as I was reading that ease about mm-hmm. all of this. The fact that we're having to eat, not that, not, I'm not even saying like, oh, I'm gagging because it's blizzard. I'm gagging because there's any company that allows this kind of behavior to exist inside of it that is so disgusting, that is so putrid that just makes me just reading it want to just. Go and have a shower.
0: Yeah, that
1: these kind of actions take place.
0: Yeah, I think the only part of the statement you read that I can agree with is the Activision of today is not represented by the Activ the the Blizzard of today is not represented by the Blizzard of the past. The Blizzard of the past tried to make good games for people who enjoyed good games, and this I don't know what to call this. I, I I would like to blame Activision, but honestly. Blizzard has fallen so far anyway. The call's
1: coming from inside the house, right? Yes,
0: 100%. Like, it doesn't matter. They're all one company now. And, I mean, this all falls directly on Bobby Kotick, as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) that fucking billionaire CEO. Um, This is happening under his watch. Mm. Like, this is happening, uh, yeah, in, in the studios that he gets $100 million bonuses from every fucking year. This is... Uh, You were right
2: when you said it earlier is burn it to the ground.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely outrageous. I mean, as a manager of human beings, as that is my job, if I ever saw behavior like this, I would kick the person performing these acts out of the building first and fire them after they couldn't get back in. Like there's just no, this is not only entirely unacceptable, but I would immediate, the, the, the action to do after that is immediately follow up with your female employee and ask her if she wants to press charges and then show her how. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, it, it,
1: it's, it's, I think the heart, I think the nonsense. heart, there, there's, there's
2: the world of Warcraft team. You're like, okay, that game has been around for a long time. Which, which world of Warcraft team? Cause it, it didn't really necessarily yeah. state that. So I'm just yeah, kind of yeah. like, there's a lot game, of vagary in that. That, yeah. th- that game has been around for so, fucking like 20 so years. So there's, point. there's kind of the light mm-hmm. in the
1: dark to all of this, right? Like this is all horrible and should not have happened in the first place. And Jesus fuck is it disgusting. Um, the fact that it's finally coming to light and, like, the state of California is fucking going after them. Yeah, good. That's the light in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was
2: a two-year investigation, so they yeah, have yeah. to, have, at this point, have enough... They can, they're they showing to, up with a book. To, to, show, to show... Yeah, to, enough to show up to actually put forth their case or... Uh, why would they be playing their hand right now right? Mm-hmm. that doesn't seem politically smart maneuver when you're going after a company that is worth that many billions of dollars to your state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Like you're going after them for a reason to make
1: some changes. And that means like, what What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's good that, it, that it's been brought to light and that these things are coming down and that there will be changes hopefully coming around the corner. Um, that that's the, the bit of light in the darkness. Mm -hmm. The other bit of darkness on the other side of that is that this is just a small fraction of what's currently going on in the games industry. Mm -hmm. We've heard for the better part of several years. Thanks. You know, Stephanie Sterling that, Companies like Ubisoft have been getting away with sexual harassment oh, yeah. and hurting their employees for a long time, mm-hmm. and nobody's stepping in to do anything about it. This is the first time something's being actively done, like yeah. by a state, to say no, shut that shit down.
0: Exactly, and Ubisoft, I mean, it, it you know comes from uh, France, so the yeah, I, I don't know if what if probably nothing has happened there. It would be game news, but yes, that that company has had the exact same stuff reported on it, and it is just not making the news. I think the only reason this is making the news now is because it's not coming from a games journalist, it's coming from the state of California. right? And that is an absolute shame. But if that's what it takes, I mean, fucking investigate every game company. Yeah. Investigate every company worth more than a million dollars. Just see how they're treating their people. Mm-hmm. We need more laws about how to treat your employees. And this absolutely, in my opinion, should result in some kind of legal punishment. And I'm not talking about fines, Mm -hmm. because fines are just make things legal for rich people. And all these game companies are very rich. Um, We have a really fantastic comment in uh, chat right now from uh, the little librarian saying employees take their lead on their behavior from their own management and supervisors. So what in the hell are the higher ups doing that make their employees think that this is okay? And I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
1: Okay, so that was a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to take a quick break and we're going to grab a drink and we're going to get in a positive headspace so that we can talk about Marvel shows and movies in the boss room. Boss room. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is our boss room, our main discussion for the show, sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, our boss room is going to be all things Marvel. We're going to start with Loki and then talk about Black Widow, but we will warn everyone. So if you haven't seen Black Widow, this is a chance to kind of dip out once we get to that point. Uh, If you do decide to dip out, we totally understand. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show and we'll totally see you next week. But with all that out of the way, spoilers ahead. First up, let's talk about Loki.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. What what to say about Loki? I think my initial thoughts, um, having watched it, is uh, I enjoy, <laughs> and this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, very much the, all of the Marvel properties since 2008, starting with Iron Man. All the MCU core experiences, the TV shows, the Netflix ones I like but probably wouldn't watch again. They're just a little too long. But they were good at the time, and I enjoyed all of them, except for the first season of Iron Fist. That wasn't very good. <laughs> other, th- other than that... I had a good um, soundtrack, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, I like nearly all of them. Um, uh, some of them I very much love. That being said, there are definitely shows and movies that I like much, much more. But things that I feel like either have more artistic merit or, you know, are made better just in general or made with more of a, a careful eye. Um, and then some shows are just like my shit when I think about Legion, uh, when I think about stuff like... Uh, devs, you know, like, that's my shit right there. Mm-hmm. Like, that is everything I love about a show. When I got to Loki, man, there's not a single episode of Loki that I didn't watch and be like, fuck, this is my shit. Like, this is absolutely my shit. And, and
1: I want to counterpoint that because I think that I watched the first two episodes of Loki and I wasn't fully on board. Mm-hmm. They are the episodes that establish the universe. They are the ones that establish the character, which needs to be done, right? Because this is not Mm -hmm. the Loki that we're familiar with. Right. right. We had to establish his universe and his- Yeah, the Loki we're familiar with died.
2: Yeah. This is the Loki that stole the cube in, what was that movie called? Um, Endgame. Endgame. That was the Loki from the old timeline, which was the Loki just after the movie Avengers. Now you
0: don't know that for sure because maybe based on what we're maybe. seeing, the <laughs> lo- the old Loki that we
1: saw in episode four and five could be our Loki. Okay, so one of the things I want to want to establish, kind of going into this, is I that hate time travel. One of the reasons that we got Falcon and the Warner Soldier. And I know that we kind of talked about this in our Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode was um, people weren't just going to buy into Falcon becoming Captain America. It's mm-hmm. just a thing that happened in the comics. It's a thing people people were not just weren't just going to accept Sam Wilson is picking up the shield and becoming Captain America's America. America's racist. Because America's mm-hmm. racist. That's literally what the show is about. It's brilliant. Watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a six episode Falcon and the Winter Soldier that we now have our Captain America. Right. Yep. Sam Wilson is now our Captain America. Much in the same way that Loki was, okay, so Loki's dead. We're bringing in this other Loki. We're going to give you six episodes to bond with this new Loki because he will be introduced at the MCU at some point and we don't want it to feel gross and random and just thrown in. Right. That's what this was. And so we got the six episodes In the first two episodes, I was like, I don't know, maybe on board. I'm having fun, but not like my favorite of the three shows yet. Mm -hmm. And then episode three happens, which is where, quote, female Loki comes in. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Sylvie. Sylvie. And then... Not female the, Loki. The game. Well, you're right, but that's what... She but was, she is she, a she female, female Loki. Loki, you're exactly right. right. <laughs> um, and then the game changed. And not because it was female Loki, not because it was Sylvie, but the dynamic of everything just changed instantly. It mm-hmm. became a richer universe where not every Loki is a carbon copy of the previous Loki. Mm-hmm. And then the mystery opened up, right? Like, who else is a Loki that we don't know about? Is that alligator a Loki? We don't know.
0: That alligator is 100% a Loki.
1: And it just played with our expectations the more and more that we went through it up until and including the reveal of the, quote, big bad, right? Um, the big bad, by the way, if you're, if you're not familiar with what's going on in the Marvel Universe, the gentleman that you saw from Lovecraft Country who played the Conqueror at the end has already um, been cast in a movie prior to this series. They kept his existence in this series a secret. This is supposed to be the big bad for the next Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. We already knew that. So him showing up in Loki was just like a whole, by the way, here he is. Cool.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I mean, that's... Was I was actually I wasn't
0: very expect, cool.
2: I wasn't expecting <laughs> them to go ahead and give us the plot line for, like, the next movie, but I, I, I like that... Nerd Me likes that this is that integrated, that Mm -hmm. I get to watch the comic books come to this cohesive level where I have to pay attention to all these things. Unfortunately, the biggest criticism that this show has had is that it requires homework. It does. And a lot of people aren't happy that they can't just... Consume a thing. And this isn't like, this is weirdly just because I, it wasn't like just one article. It was like four of them comparing it to other things. They're like, we don't like having to do homework for our nerd shit. I'm, and, well, I'm, and my only response to that that is, shut the fuck up. That's a, that,
0: that, that is a perfectly valid response. So I can't imagine a movie property in the MCU. After Iron Man 1, that doesn't require a tiny bit of homework.
1: Hmm. Well, I would say the phase one is meant to be, can be watched separately. Sure, sure. Right yeah, up until that's you... That's literally phase one. That's, right that, up until, that's your,
2: that's your right, opening chapter. Right. Right, right up until and you get... You fall get, asleep after that. Right up
1: until
0: you get to the end credit scene of the Hulk, the second movie. Yeah. Suddenly, who the fuck's that? Was there a movie about him? Yeah. Why is he talking mm-hmm. to the commander? It... it they're all connected, and that's what the whole thing is about. So calling, home, calling the watching the rest of it homework doesn't make any sense to me. Didn't we all just make Endgame the most popular movie that was ever made?
2: Yeah. These articles. How much were, homework um, did that fucking specific movie require? Out that Marvel Disney put out articles explaining who, uh, and it's the Con- Kong the Conqueror, Kang, Kang the Conqueror. I was like, is this mm-hmm. not Con-? yeah. yeah. Kang the Conqueror is explaining the backstory of these different within the comic book universe sure. explanations. I, and they're like, hey, here's all our PR of what the fuck you just watched. And apparently a bunch of not nerdy people looked at that and went, we don't like words. Right.
0: So so here's my, it, yeah. So if, if it's specifically about Kang the Conqueror and like, oh, who's this guy? It didn't fucking matter. At the In the episode, it didn't fucking matter what his backstory was. Right. He we, we, we got a whole scene of amazing acting between our three core actors in the scene. It was practically the whole mm-hmm. end of the episode. And I love the finale for doing that.
1: The and finale, just having them talk in, in instead the finale, of- Yeah, the finale didn't rely on a big battle. Right, there was uh,
2: hardly it, it much was battle It basically a bottle episode of them just being like, we're just gonna talk about our feelings and shit. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that, ending, which I guess we're kind of spoiling, is that there's going to be more of this series. Right, yeah. there is definitely Loki <laughs> season two. My thing is, who king
0: the Conqueror was didn't matter. Yeah. And the fact that we'll see him again in Ant-Man and the Wasp just makes it, oh, this guy's back. Just like we've yeah, done I'm in happy. every other Marvel property going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first when you open up if you're only familiar with the movies and have never even heard of these characters before mm-hmm. and you're watching Avengers and Thor lands on top of the Quinjet, you're like, oh, that guy's back. Like, cool. Yep. Like, that's all <laughs> this is. That's mm-hmm. literally all this is. You didn't need the homework. I did. had no idea who King the Conqueror was when we watched episode six of Loki and I maybe enjoyed it more for that. So, yeah, uh, uh, that's a terrible criticism.
2: <laughs> I am happier that we are going to have more interrelated stories that are done to the storytelling level that Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision have been done as. Because when we can tell these elevated stories based on these comic book universes, it allows us to enrich the depth of the storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Civil War is not the Civil War comic book, and if you watch that movie, it is it's silly because it's just a bunch of people fighting with each other for right. literally no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. But we can start, we've been now, we can go into these deeper stories. WandaVision showed us that we can tell an individual break breakdown yeah. with their husband's death as mm-hmm. a series. We've seen in Cap- er, Falcon and the Winter Soldier that we can show that... America needs to stop being racist and understand that the black guy needs to wear a helmet and his costume's silly because it doesn't. And we can show in Loki <laughs> <the> Tony interpretation <laughs> of
1: these series. Mm-hmm.
2: Loki can have an alligator that can and everybody loves him too. And maybe that there's a weird guy who's inevitably, infinitely going to be at war with himself making everybody in Marvel have to go to war with him. Yeah, and which that's is, fine. I guess, the ending of the series? You know why? Because all I cared about,
0: excuse me, when he showed up was like, oh, fuck, Jonathan Majors is here. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to yeah. see the rest of the scene.
1: Yeah. Like, that's, like, his acting
0: was so, he was
1: phenomenal. He He's the only person in that entire series that I think has stole the scene away.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. From, from everybody from Tom else. Hiddleston, Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean I mean Sylvie was great don't get me yeah. wrong but Tom Hiddleston's presence is ever present like yeah. no matter what he's doing so much so that he imbues personality onto other characters that just have his likeness mm-hmm. and like all the other actors are just like oh I got to do there's it There's a like great him. there's a
1: great backstory of what was going on during the set of Loki where um, every time there would be like a fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that Tom Hiddleston would do is that before the scene was filmed, he would like get down and start doing push-ups and start doing workouts because mm-hmm. if you were in a fight scene, you need to look a certain yeah, way. Yeah, you need to look sweaty. And you they didn't, look, they like, didn't tell him breath. to do this. Gotta this gotta was Gotta be a him. little bit glossy. This was mm-hmm. all his thing. So he would just exercise before each scene. Mm-hmm. He's so infectious as an actor that all the other actors started doing it. Nice. Like like Kid Loki was like trying to keep up with him like Aww. on set all the time trying to do as many push-ups, sit-ups as everything that he was doing. Like, that's how infectious he is as an actor and as a personality. And the only other person I think that took that away from him was the actor that we saw at the end. Oh, God,
2: yeah. Jonathan Majors. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. I'm actually really happy that we get to have him more. Mm -hmm. Because as an actor, I loved him in Lovecraft Country. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was canceled. And even though it's up for all these fucking awards, like yeah, I'm not gonna get yeah. to see him in this fucking role that I absolutely love him in. Mm-hmm. And then seeing that last episode I was like, okay, please let I want more. Give me more Jonathan, right? Yeah. Yep. And then seeing this stone statue, then it was like, okay, I might not like him at during certain parts of this, but yeah. we're gonna get a lot more of it now. I got really happy because I love him as an actor. He's mm-hmm. just so fucking good. Yeah. And Okay, we need more black He's, leading men. And, and, and <laughs> I think one
1: of the great things about that character, and this is just coming from the comic book perspective, is that we kind of inherently knew that it was Kang Conqueror Once we, those of us comic book fans saw mm-hmm. him and, and all that, but he didn't act like the Kang that we knew in the books. Right. The Kang we knew in the books is the purple serious guy. purple, you know, I'm here to take over the world, like Thanos style guy. This dude is. Like, this guy was like hopping on chairs and just having a yeah. casual conversation, eating an apple, just like, yeah, I, yeah I'm not. Yeah, he was I'm wearing that. purple, so yeah. you had to know he was evil. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Like, I'm the guy behind this. Well, Look at
0: me. Eating an apple, too. If you eat on screen, you're probably a bad guy. Yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's code.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was one of those things that it was just an entirely fun ride. And I think that I will appreciate the first two episodes more when I go back to watch it again Mm -hmm. than I did during the initial run. Yeah, Because it was just doing so much heavy lifting, setting the universe, setting the pace, doing all that. Owen
2: Wilson actually was the hardest part for those first two episodes. It wasn't until I went back and watched those two, because we had that break, remember, where Uh we we had to catch back up. I only went back and watched those first two episodes. Mm -hmm. And it convinced me that Owen Wilson was correct for this role. Mm -hmm. Only in watching those first two, you go, yes. Him as the character Mobius. of, Mor- of mm-hmm. Mobius yeah. is... I almost said Morpheus. Yeah. I've been thinking about Matrix way too much recently. <laughs> They're fun to watch. Go back and watch them. They are. The third one's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like him in this role, even until the very end. It, mm-hmm. it, it took, going back and going to this first two episodes ago, yes. He is this everyman, who, and I didn't realize his, his displacement of time. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you kind of see that he's been stuck in this rut. And I think that Owen Wilson does does a decent job portraying that off. Mm-hmm. I, I love his growth through the series. I love everybody's growth through it. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. it's just watching a bunch of people who've lived for thousands of years go, fuck it, let's destroy everything. Mm-hmm. So, so growth is definitely a point, a whole point that I wanted to make. Um, what
0: we had in the series was we had a Loki who experienced some form of character growth over several movies. We get to Thanos, he's ostensibly killed, and that's the end of that Loki. And we're like, ah, he was kind of cool sometimes. Mm, yeah. Now we go all the way back to Avengers 1 Loki. And this guy was a smarmy little asshole. He was a smarmy little asshole in Avengers. He was a smarmy asshole in Thor 2. Uh, dark whatever. There's something about elves. Um, but... Like, like that was a Loki we were getting.
2: got infected by a magic space stone that dude put into a, his fist Yeah, there's yeah, something about elves. Yeah, uh, that, that's so how that plot went.
0: The, so, so that was a Loki we were back to. And that's a lot of reversion of character progression. And it's a lot to ask of an audience. But we all knew, okay, this is a Loki we have. And they spent six episodes giving him and everyone around him more character development than he got in like nine movies. true like very easily this loki is now the loki ice ship like old loki who died is like he can kick rocks he basically like showed up and was like aren't i a hero now everyone come on board the ship i stole and we'll leave um i just decided to come back for y'all because honestly i just missed my
2: brother yeah if you watch the end of thor um ragnarok Ragnarok, that's kind of where he was at yeah and he was in that sacrificial mode already because he was like i am fucking i'm done i am killing myself and everything for my fucking people and he was still okay
0: but he was still the loki that couldn't be trusted because he still stole the tesseract (laughs) with the fucking space stone in it but uh, our loki now is so self-aware and literally talking to his female self saying you can't trust and i can't be trusted and he's right about both of them and neither i mean it's That is the that is the dichotomy between these two characters, and the growth of Loki to get to the point where he goes, "Oh, I get why people react to me this way." is so much (laughs) more. um, It's so much more meaningful than any of the growth Loki had in any of the other movies, and Tom Hiddleston did it perfectly. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was the best thing that could have happened to Loki. And yeah. we've always loved this character as kind of like a beautiful villain and a fun rambunctious prankster. But now I, I feel like I can actually enjoy Loki as a character that I think I'm gonna get more out of. And I I didn't see that coming.
2: Yeah, I really didn't. I went into the last episode Going, oh, we're gonna. How do we get back to the uh, the equilibrium? How do we get back mm-hmm. to the normal? Great. Because that's what you're supposed to do within Marvel storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's what they've been doing for well before I was born, and mm-hmm. are gonna keep doing it till well after I'm dead. Yep. How do you get your character to always be back to the same? Right. And I was going into this episode, I was like, oh, cool. So we're gonna go to the end of time. Loki's going to learn his lesson, and then whatever reason, something has to go back to the status quo. Mm -hmm. And... I'm really happy that that's that not we the case. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, that, that's the thing about Loki, is Loki <laughs> as an ending in the show is a g- game changer for the entire MCU. Yeah. Because we know that this event, whether you watch Loki or not, you're about to get the Multiverse of Madness, you're about to get Quantumania. Yep. I mean, you're about to get the Eternals. There's going to be a lot coming up that deals Disney with what Plus happened. is really
2: just putting out character development. Yeah. And if you don't watch the Disney Plus character development, you yeah. don't understand big battles on the big screen.
0: Right. <laughs> so what, what we got is... Uh, We have an entire setup of a bunch of movies that are all going to have to do with what happened in Loki. So, I mean, if nothing else, I would say, I'm going to watch it with my mom. She needs this information to understand any of the movies coming up. Like, this is essential viewing, I would say. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean... The show did a lot. It did a lot of heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, to talk about the Owen Wilson thing, because I thought about this while you were talking about him, the thing that really stood out to me about Owen Wilson and um, the other actors inside the thing was control. It's a very similar, uh, the video game control. It's a very similar structure of being outside of time when you're in a space. Um, And the space that they were in reminded me a lot of the oldest house. And Owen Wilson's character and all the various security guards and other characters that we met. So
1: so we should maybe explain that a little bit for our audience. So in the game Control, Mm -hmm. there is like a warehouse, right?
0: It is a government building that just appears like a normal building in New York City that sits there on the corner. And... Um, unless you mean to go there, you probably can't see it. It just looks like nothing to you. Right. But once you uh, go inside, it's kind you of men go... in black,
1: that whole thing. Yeah. But
0: once you go inside, the building is infinite. It is cavernous upwards and cavernous downwards and left and right. You can walk into different Starts. rooms in this building forever and experience entire other worlds that might be behind a right. door. Very, and I, hu- and, very house of leaves. Yes. And by entire worlds, I mean, you can open a door and you'll be on a different planet you can open a door and you'll be in a different part of the country you might flip a light switch and be in a different part of the country Mm -hmm. like this is an entirely big cavernous place and the thing about the people who work there is they're used to it Mm -hmm. and it's normal and when weird shit happens they go oh yeah that's about right and uh, that's what i was getting from the um someone remind me what the place is called tva the tva and their headquarters and You know, looking out the window and seeing the infinite TVA structure like out Mm and stretching past the horizon was so character specific and so interesting in that everyone who worked inside was like, yeah, you know, it's Tuesday. Mm
2: -hmm. At the very end, our Loki, the Loki that we're following from the very beginning Mm -hmm. up until the end, our timeline Loki slash not our timeline Loki, previous (laughs) Loki. Runs into two of the characters from the series and they don't recognize who he is. Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted more interactions like that, that showing that they all exist within the exact same time sphere and Mm -hmm. that without of time. So he's like, oh, no, yeah, don't talk to them because we haven't, we're not there yet. Right. Like that makes more sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Than just throwing it there at the end, but that was but that my... season two, but that's but, season two, that, yeah, that's season two. We get to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. I just felt that like when you when we got to see that giant infinitesimal bubble that they're inside of, and the statue that there's three of them, but you know the bad camera angle made it look like there were two of them holding up some weird fucking tunnel. That. Void thing that they live in is all of their times and all of their placements. So, anybody who's been displaced from those times and and all of those times that have been displaced are also within Bubble's existence. Mm. And then you have to start going, how do you circumnavigate that? I, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just overthinking the whole thing. Yeah, it feels thing. like you're overthinking this a No, bit. but they threw it at the end, which makes me pissed off mm-hmm. because you can't just throw in and be like, oh, we don't know. You can't have the bubbles interact without having mm-hmm. the fucking bubbles interact. That's, I mean, it's I, called I, season I guess, two. Yeah, the, the season two, we'll see the bubbles interacting. Um, And people who get annoyed that you don't like understand things or have like... Uh, like uh, 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 you have to do homework? Cool. I remember watching a show called Lost and going, what the cock is this fuck? Mm-hmm. And... I still don't have an explanation cuz JJ Abrams doesn't know how to fucking tell a story. Nobody so has an explanation for loss. So maybe the fact that we actually get people who are going like no this is we're gonna it's all, it's all going to actually tell you what's going on is mm-hmm. a good thing for your of brains to comprehend.
0: Yeah. So um uh the last thing I want to talk about is uh Sophia Di Martino who played Sylvie. Um trying to play the character that Tom Hiddleston has played since like, I don't know, 2010, Mm -hmm. um, opposite him, but with a different backstory is already very difficult, Mm -hmm. especially since they're supposed to be the same person. And it, I, I, God, it was, I I can't imagine anyone else doing it and I've never seen her in anything else. So I don't know how successful anyone else could be, but it, oh man, like, The scenes where they interacted with each other, knowing full well that this is just me, uh, Mm -hmm. was just, uh, I don't know. Loki finding self-discovery
1: through himself is the point and the most beautiful thing about it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I could talk for hours about Loki. Mm like. Yeah, but we do need to move on, <laughs> okay? Because we have been talking about a lot about character growth, and I feel like there's a lot of character growth to be talked about in Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into that. But I want to let everybody know right now we're going to be talking about Black Widow and Black Widow spoilers. So if you want to back out now, now's the time. Mm-hmm. But here we go, Black oh, Widow. Okay. Let's jump into it. Black Widow, I, I really in the like comic Black book
2: Widow. she she fucks her her dad in that story because well they're not they're not. She's not her daughter. This is not the comics. Her Her husband—that's a weird fact to bring out. Yeah, one of the guys. uh, What's his name? Red. Red Red Guardian. Guardian Red Guardian is her not husband. It, they had to put husband things like No, she totally fucked red guardian and had to spring him yep. from prison. Okay. So we really need to get movie. past this whole comic
1: go. continuity and yes. movie continuity are yes. two I different things. Comic, like, the comic
2: continuity absolutely does I
0: not matter it. for this. this, this
2: discussion. Case that it, I just loved it in this one case.
1: Right.
0: So yes, there is. Okay. So the number one criticism I've heard of this movie is that there were more interesting black widow stories to tell. I don't know that that is the case, but I'm sure that it is true. Um, fine. Uh, when I look at the movie on its own merits, I very much enjoyed it.
1: I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the story of the Red Room, which is one of the most important character arcs to the uh, to Black Widow, mm-hmm. right? Um, we had, I mean, we I talked think we about too closely e- to the comic book e- e- dealing e- with the Red Room stuff. Even in Age of Ultron, I believe it's Age of Ultron, is where she talks about what happened to her in the Red Room, yeah. and there's a lot of heavy. Subject material that Black Widow covered about what the Red Room does. Mm -hmm. And they managed to do it in a way that was lighthearted, but not disrespectful. Right. Um, There's the scene with them in the jet and they talk about all the things that happened to the girls in the Red Room. Mm -hmm. And it's a comedic moment that is written in such a way to take away from the darkness, but not take away from the emphasis of what happened. Mm -hmm. The people who had that done to them are allowed to make that joke Mm -hmm. because they are the person who went through it. Correct. The Red Guardian is not allowed to make that joke because he did not go through it. He did not go through those experiences. So fuck him for being like, are you on your period? Yes. And that was one of the brilliant moments. That's when the writers' room came in, and because the original joke actually just kind of ended on the "Are you on your period?" joke, mm-hmm. and then the writers came in and said, "You know what? Th- that first off, that joke is tasteless." The rewriters came in and said, "The joke is tasteless." But instead of us just removing it, why don't we make it where they are taking back power yeah. by cracking those the other jokes that accompanied it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um dick uh, you know you know they fucking they they, they give me a hysterectomy when I was 12, right? Like yeah. Yeah, like, that like, whole
1: thing, a lot of that was improv. There was a lot of improv that actually went into the Black Widow movie mm-hmm. if you read about it. Um Florence uh, I gotta, Pugh, mm-hmm. like if you read about her influence on that movie, it's massive. Oh, uh, the that. entire joke throughout the movie about the why do you pose this way actually was a joke that Florence Pugh made and it just made its way into the movie mm-hmm. to the point where there's a whole scene, like two whole scenes <laughs> just, just based around the fact that she kept making that joke on set to Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Like, that's brilliant. Like, yeah. It blows my fucking I mind. I am actually a little bit
2: sad that they didn't do have it the three-time thing <laughs> because it would have enhanced the comedic value of it. But I know that it was written on the spot. Yeah, it was So just like, two moments. She, as the unknown to me mm-hmm. as, the, as the actors in this film mm-hmm. um i've seen her in other things but holy shit i love her so i mean much i knew her from midsummer um i right. really I, again that's a movie i haven't watched yet yeah. but her ability to actually coherently keep her accents going is far better than scarlett johansson's <laughs> yeah like so that was one of my favorite things is watching her just be like, no, honey, this is how we actually stay in our fucking character. Now, I doubt <laughs> she would ever say something like that to Scarlett Johansson. The, the point of Scarlett Johansson's
0: character, Black Widow, is that she can move in and I out of her I think she just accent. bounces sometimes too it. much in between yeah.
1: sentences. And I think that's kind of yeah. like, like, no, like, stop but it. We talk think, like this now. <laughs> I think what's important for us to kind of discuss here is that I don't think anybody knew the kind of movie that we were going to be getting going into this. We saw mm-hmm. the previews for it. Were, Correct. Like, the previews were big Marvel action scenes. Yeah, Here's Black Widow, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day the story of Black Widow that was told was really one about family mm-hmm. and one about not the family that you are born with but the family that you take in. Yeah, yeah, the right? family
0: that you know you yeah you end up with basically.
2: Yeah, and my understanding of the story going into this was um two sisters that haven't seen each other in a very long time go rescue a dad who's been estranged. Right. That was my knowledge mm-hmm. of the watching one trailer sure. which is why I hate trailers cuz that to give me the whole plot of the fucking movie.
0: Not, but, but that wasn't the plot that's at all. That's
2: not the whole plot <laughs> of the movie, but it is definitely about two sisters who are going yeah. to go save their estranged father. They are not actually go...
0: sisters. That's not actually their father. And they didn't like go to save him. That, yeah, that wasn't they, the plot of the They call each the other sister yeah. a
2: whole lot and they yes, definitely they rescue him from a prison. And They do, but they don't... This was really well told in, I believe it was uh, Red Sparrow, which... Obviously took inspiration from the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, but Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence is a spy thriller totally is fills the void of how you're going to psychologically train someone to go be an assassin. Mm-hmm. And I get that Disney can't go down an r rated spy thriller because they don't have the fucking balls mm-hmm. and they're never we're never gonna get I don't want dark storytelling for blood's sake mm-hmm. like. Justice League dark mm-hmm. apocalypse stab everybody in bloods going anywhere. telling a darker story can be something like Red Sparrow where you're like no this is the awful things that happen to these girls to make them assassins right yeah. fucking deal with it mm-hmm. I get that you can't do that but when I got watched that trailer I went cool so we're getting a family movie about two sisters that are estranged mm-hmm. who are going to save their estranged father from a prison and gonna go do a thing mm-hmm. the thing that they solve I feel didn't really... I feel really let down by the whole fucking story. I feel no one got any kind okay. of resolution. It was kind of just told for jokes for jokes. And it set up the weird missing gap so we can just throw away the rest of Black Widow because we set her in that one movie moment where we can just stick her. She, We're not bringing her back. This isn't like... Before mm-hmm. it's the one moment within the movies, you know, where you can, there's her story, and now she's dead, and now we can move the fuck on, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're never going to understand. you
1: you've had a problem with the placing of the movie since we walked out of the theater, right? Since before Just, we walked in, before we walked into the theater, um, I think that a lot of this was important because I've been reading a lot of the interviews about it, right? And one of the things that Kevin Feige kind of opened up about, he was like, so that whole vest thing that was intentional. We wrote that into. Like Endgame and all mm-hmm. that, like we we knew where this was going. This mm-hmm. was actually planned in advance. That like that vest that she was going to be wearing in that movie was going to be her sister's. Yeah, um, we didn't expect the Black Widow movie to specifically turn out the way that it did right. because once the actors came on set, we started rewriting as we went. But the little things, the big steps, like mm-hmm. that vest being in the movie, was all set in stone way in advance and i've read some of the interviews that scarlett johansson uh, had said about the movie about her wanting this movie because it gives her the closure the things she wanted to tell she wanted to tell a very uh, personal story about black widow and about family mm-hmm. and because there's this kind of juxtaposition of in age of Ultron where she gives her speech of, I can't have a family. I can't do this thing. Right. Um, but I'm have a spin-off sister that's, that's going to go over here and do new Avengers on new Avengers. He's, he's, new he's, Avengers he's, he's show. talking um, he's, that, that, that's, you know, that's kind of her, her story arc right. was I don't get to have these things, but then the movie gets to sit down and say, it may not be the thing that you wanted, but it's the thing that, you know, right. the, the, like, yeah. the, the defines you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah. To 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 piggyback on that, I spent because I don't,
2: I do my I was best supposed to, to define Black Widow. Was that movie supposed to define Black Widow? Was that the end of that statement that she said this is supposed to define Black Widow?
1: It's supposed to show her that she is worthy of having a family, right. which is what the exact final moment of the movie is: is her coming to the realization that she deserves to be loved and have a family, which is why she makes the decision to get on the jet. And go and save her actual superhero family after she broke them up. Mm-hmm.
0: So the, um, the to, to, to 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 piggyback on the on the timeline thing is because I didn't watch trailers. I spent all of the lead up to watching Black Widow thinking that this happened during the blip right. in the you know between Infinity War and um, Endgame. Yep. And when that wasn't the case, I was honestly kind of confused about the kind of story we were going to get. Mm. But you're absolutely right. This leads, this is her story leading into Infinity War. And it makes a lot of sense when you put it in that context. I'm not saying it's the best we could have done, but when it comes to like, telling a kick-ass Black Widow story, maybe from a comic book, maybe adapting it into a cool espionage and spy thriller. That's great, but those are Captain America movies. Right. And giving Black Widow her own movie that's just a Captain America movie doesn't strike me as making a Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. So doing the family thing and you know giving her connections in the world that she has spent the last several movies just denying and throwing aside and saying, yeah, whatever, um, and being the spy's spy, uh, this felt wholesome in a way and mm-hmm. nice. And the family was completely dysfunctional, which is relatable and yeah. interesting. And the family it, as a whole had done a lot of harm to each other, which again is relatable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I that is what fun. I liked out of it.
2: I'm yeah. sorry. To me, it felt hollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exact opposite of family. That was a bunch of estranged people who were thrown into a situation who were just trying to survive written poorly. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that the characters have any depth that was trying to get rid of Black Widow. They were trying to find a cheaper Scarlett Johansson. And they did. And I hate to say that. Did you just call Florence Pugh a cheaper Scarlett
0: Johansson? Yeah, Scarlett
2: Johansson's going to cost too much money for the what they're planning next. Yeah cool. So new Avengers is calling. That's the reason why they're getting rid of Tony Stark. We're getting the other, okay. another Avengers okay. where we're switching out actors. Mm-hmm. So we, I get why
0: you said it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I, I love her as an actor. Like, Holy shit. Like she way better than Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah. I actually prefer her yeah. as a character within some, the Marvel universe. Some now. people do
0: have estranged families that they do have to get back together with. And it is mm-hmm. awkward and it is, you know, tense and it can yeah. be, I mean, none of that rang as untrue to me, but that's just me and my experience. Everyone has a different experience of family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, and, And we do need to start wrapping this up. So to kind of give my two cents on where I fell on the movie... Um, You know, I could see where the people who didn't like it didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, It may not be the Marvel movie that they were expecting, especially us coming back from such a long break from Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Um, There was definitely a lot of lightheartedness to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like this was a really good ease of entry point Mm -hmm. because we did have we ended and I'm not counting homecoming with us. Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) I'm talking about or sorry. Far from home. Yeah, Um, I'm talking about endgame. You're right. Right. Endgame was so big and so bombastic. And so was just intense that just getting down to the gritty of it and telling this kind of personal story, just this kind of family story, this one where it's just, you know, we knew what we know what's going to happen to her in the end. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give you this slice in time movie, right? It's this it's these ha- this happened between these movies. This is why her character went from, you know, you have to be on one side or the other to. The per- literal head of the division in Endgame, where she's like, I need to figure out how to bring my people back. I need to figure out how to bring my people back because holy fucking shit, like uh, they're all gone. Like yeah. who blipped, who didn't? Mm-hmm. Like she had that evolution, and I felt like it fit very, very well in that space. Um, Florence Pugh, obviously just brilliant. Yeah. Um, David, just kills every oh, yeah. D- David role David Harbour yeah just kills so, every role D- he's in yeah
0: David Harbour I would um I would say that his Russian accent could be a little distracting sometimes but as a character and as an actor yeah he fucking killed that role he yeah. was just smarmy enough and just likable enough that he came off as like a drunken avuncular character no matter whose dad he was it was mm. just I don't know I I thought he was very enjoyable and fucking Raquel Wise Oh, my God. I had not seen her in something since, like, The Mummy 2.
2: I still have a huge crush on her. God,
0: she is badass in that movie. And she, you know, her acting's good. Her accent's good. Her professionalism is good. She did, you know, some of the stunt work. And she hasn't done that in a long time. Man, yeah. She was great.
1: Uh, I think that, I think time will be kinder to Black Widow Mm -hmm. than maybe some of the early guttural reactions to it Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think specifically as our re-entry point after being so long without something marvel that isn't a television show Mm -hmm. this was warm it was welcoming it was inviting um, yeah, were there flaws? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there were some it's of those. Ac- there were some of those action scenes that I was like, I feel like I'm watching a video game cutscene, and not in a good way.
0: There's a thing um, about Marvel movies, and just to, just because you brought it up, and not to keep our keep, keep us going for too long, but Marvel movies usually, and not a lot of people know this, don't let the directors direct the action. They previs the action way before the script is even written. They put everything together. They start working on the CG or you know what effects they might need here and there, and they come to. You know artistic directors who've done a lot of other cool stuff and say like yeah get us a movie do it however you want don't worry about the action scenes and don't worry about the action scenes is a shitty thing to say to a director because if the action scenes don't flow within the movie you end up with the end of black widow which everything kind of turned into a you know big collage and noisy you know cg thing yeah and that's i just don't feel like the action should have been that way in that movie And that is a flaw that Marvel really needs to figure out. They're doing a good job with the shows for the most part, but their movies, they need to realize that they can release a movie without a big, you know, overly produced... Spend the money on
2: the storytelling and the character development and not on the splashy, watching Tony Stark's shit move. I don't give a fuck about your giant Mm. fancy fight sequence if the characters have no reason to be fighting each other. Mm. And...
1: Also, by the way, if you are upset about Taskmaster being female, fucking don't listen to our show. Oh, yeah, eat a dick. I, I, I have more problem eat, eat with
2: Taskmaster dick. not being explored, and I really hope that she will be later, because yeah. now that Daddy Taskmaster's dead, I mean, yeah.
1: spoiler for the end of the movie,
2: yeah, he, he did That shit blew up, but like, I'm, Taskmaster fucking lives. Yeah. This is my thing.
1: I want more Taskmaster in my life. Taskmaster's yeah. going to go
2: on and have a cooler storyline, I
1: personally believe.
2: That'd
0: yeah. be cool. I'm, I'm into that.
1: Yeah, so uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether it be on TV or within film, has been very complicated over the last couple months. But honestly, y'all, it just feels so good to be back. Yeah. It feels good to be in the theater. It g- feels, feels good to watch Marvel We got movies. We got Shang-Chi next. Yeah, Shang-Chi. We got The Eternals after that. Yeah. We have What If Around the Corner. Mm-hmm. And then Hawkeye.
0: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good time to be a Marvel fan. It um, is. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. We really missed you.
1: Man, I will, I will say before we close out, there was one thing in Black Widow that meant more to me than any of the action scenes and any of the character development. Um, It was sitting in that theater with Mm y'all and the Marvel logo and this music hit Mm -hmm. and we were sitting together in the theater and I just, yeah, I got a little teary eyed.
0: Yeah. It almost felt like a, like, like a chest thing for me. Like, like a, like a deep breath moment. Like, ah, there it
1: is. And we went to the Alamo. And Mm -hmm. not to side tangent on on our ending here, but we went to the Alamo and we went early. And so they did a recap of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. And when we're sitting there, uh, my friend Aaron's sitting next to me, and they re-showed the Avengers Assemble line from uh, Endgame. Mm -hmm. And she leans over and she goes, I just got chills again. Like, it was a big, big thing. Like She was just like, as somebody who has only ever seen the movies. Mm-hmm. she just leaned over, she's like, God, I just got chills again. Yeah, yeah. I I, then, I, I can never watch that without you. Yeah, and us getting to that moment when the lights dimmed, we had our drinks in front of us, and then Marvel logo and sound hit, I just, I got teary-eyed a little bit. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it, I know that I'm romanticizing it, but it really just, after the year that has oh, been. No, like, yeah. no
2: I, whenever Loki does it, when it, because Loki did a... a Marvel transfer that has never been done before. It was one, green the entire time. And then secondly, was doing whole new audio cues. Every episode, I was like, fuck yes, I feel home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I weirdly feel they've been able to encapsulate the moments, those highlights, Mm -hmm. whether the action scenes or personal moments, within the Marvel click frame that makes us Happy! It it hits those serotonin boosters where it's like, "Here Mm -hmm. you go!" Here's that moment that just like goes yeah, and your brain goes yay. And I can't, we can't fault them. It's just psychology. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) feels good, but it does feel good. It Mm -hmm. did, and and that's what I felt getting to the end of Black Widow. Whether or not you liked it, you know, obviously everybody's opinion is valid. Mm -hmm. You can like and dislike a thing, Um, but there was just getting to that moment of the end credits rolling, and I sat there and went. We all just watched a Marvel movie together, yeah. y'all. <laughs> like, Congrats. this holy fucking yeah. shit, we made it. We made it. That being said, Oh, God! We don't even have to say we're not a political podcast anymore. Guys, yeah. fucking wear your masks. It's yeah. getting dangerous out there. And I want to keep going to Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I don't want the Eternals to be delayed. I don't want Shang-Chi I to be delayed. I specifically
2: want my so, fucking
1: Alamo passed back. Yeah. I want so, to pay
2: Alamo please. $20 a month and I can go watch whatever the fuck I want. Stop being sick. Yeah. Please mask get a fucking up. shot. Yeah. And, yeah please and, mask
1: up. Please get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. We are all in this together. Like, if Black Widow taught us anything as dysfunctional as the family can be, you can still be a family. Yeah. yeah. And we, as the human race are a dysfunctional family, but yeah. we're still family. <laughs> we got to fucking so work together on this one. Let's keep each other in check. All right. I know that I'm getting sentimental and I know that I went on a little bit of a a, a tangent there. Uh, that's everything that we have for the show this week. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about any of the things that we have talked about this week, Tony, where can they find us?
2: goodnight.gg redirects you to our Patreon page where you get our episodes and anything else that we post I'll probably end up posting the Destiny lore stuff on there because I have nowhere else to post it and we can be contacted at gnggcast on everything else which is Facebook and Twitter and info at goodnight.gg is an email address please stop sending me spam (laughs) <laughs>
1: All right, that's everything that we have for the show this week. Thank you for tuning in. It felt so good to be uh, not only recording the episode, but talking about Marvel uh, because we are just giant fucking fanboys. And the smile on our faces every time we get to talk about a new TV show or movie uh, just fills my heart. What with if joy. Is like two weeks away? Right. Mm-hmm. I know. We're having a two week. We don't even know what's going to happen because it's a what if. Okay, we totally know
2: what's going to happen because we read the comic books already. <laughs> and I haven't. But what yet. if is
1: going to be the final what appearance? <laughs> what if is the final appearance of Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther yes mm-hmm. so that is one thing Very to keep in mind that. all right that is everything we have for the show this week until next week for Tony this is James or James is Tony I'm Hector everyone good night and good game